Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, persuasion expert Chris St. Hilaire. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. Great Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Long Beach Magazine. Coastal living, city style. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is our friend Chris St. Hilaire, who is the president, CEO of Jury Impact. Chris, welcome back to Straight Talk. Thanks for having me. Uh, Chris is an expert in the art of persuasion. We'll be going into detail later in the show about some of the techniques, but he's the head of this company called Jury Impact that counsels large law firms that are at trial as to how to best present their case to the jury. And, and Chris, you would think that lawyers being, for the most part, bright people would know how to do that, but apparently they need some help. You know, they, they suffer what uh, anyone in any industry who's developed an expertise suffers from, which is they know too much about their subject. And so after five years of depositions and learning the ins and outs of a case, you've got two weeks or maybe one week to deliver a story to 12 people who couldn't get out of jury duty. And so <laughs> your ability to bring it back to the basics, to talk about issues that they'll be interested in understanding, to not lose their attention by going into too much detail on any one issue is really the difference between uh, your success and, and your failure. So you urge them to simplify their case, tell a story, get down to basics, and what else? Well, what happens is too often um, when you know so much about an issue, you know, in government, people speak in too many acronyms, engineers. Um, if you've ever worked with a computer technician, you'll find they start going into gigabytes and hard drives, and all you want to do is press the button and turn it on so you can send out your email. And, and juries many times don't have the context behind whatever issue an attorney needs to persuade on. And so building that context, telling that story in language that one, um, they, that resonates to them, 
um, that talks to their predispositions and their worldviews and then um, develops a context in which they can understand the case more broadly really is going to um, uh, swing the case in your direction more often than not. And I know these techniques work because you're hired by some of the largest law firms in America uh, on important cases where a lot of money's involved to get that advice, and, and your batting average and success ratio is pretty good. Well, we're in the, we're in the high 90s, we, we've, we've, but we don't want to take all the credit. We work with some pretty gifted attorneys, and, and really a bulk of the credit should go to them. But you know, everyone from the Mayo Clinic to uh, Walmart to, um, to, the, to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have uh, wow. used us uh, in the past, and, and we've been, have been pleased with the results. And this leads to uh, the broader field of persuasion, because uh, this is uh, one application of persuasion. But, uh, and by the way, Chris just came out with a new book. Let me hold it up. 27 Powers of Persuasion, Simple Strategies to Seduce Audiences and Win Allies. And I've read part of it, and it is quite compelling, I must say. But let's talk about persuasion generally. Now, to many, persuasion is a dirty word. It smacks of techniques and gimmicks. But speak to the concept of persuasion. Well, I, I, I did focus groups um, around the country on persuasion um, as I was writing the book. And, and what I found is it, it conjures images of, of snake oil salesmen, of, of uh, manipulation, of, con of, of manipulating the truth and really that's not what persuasion is. Persuasion in its purest form is the creation of consensus from either conflict or, or no idea at all. And so there are attributes of persuasion. There are common uh, themes within persuasion and tactics that you can use every day because when you think about it, every aspect of your life involves persuasion, whether you're trying to raise money for the PTA, whether you're trying to get uh, your spouse to go to the restaurant you want or your child to clean the room or you're running a major corporation and running for political office trying to convince you know, 40 million, 38 million people like in the state of California, there's similar themes, similar, similar characteristics and similar tactics to persuasion that you can employ to make yourself more successful. Wow. Persuasion is everywhere. It's everywhere, all the time, in everything that we do. And you found that successful leaders, whether it's in corporations or in the political realm, they either instinctively know or have learned this art of persuasion. You know, um, I relate it to Anna Karenina, the famous novel where um, her opening sentence is, all happy families are alike, but each unhappy family is unhappy <laughs> in its own special way. Um, good persuaders share some common characteristics, while people that aren't persuasive can make thousands and thousands of different mistakes. But, you know, part of persuasion is getting your idea heard. And so what I've tried to um, develop in this book is one, a context to persuade, and then also specific tactics to get your idea heard more effectively. And you studied under a, a Buddhist religious leader that had an impact on you and your thinking. There's a, there's a Buddhist backdrop to all of the themes. And when you think about persuasion, I think one of the last philosophies people would um, uh, relate it to is, is Buddhism. But if you think about persuasion in the context of, of of resolving conflict and creating yes. consensus, then a Buddhist backdrop um, fits absolutely perfectly within that uh, within that context. And the Buddhist religion believes in a oneness and a holistic for everyone, and, and that certainly is in line with 
coming to consensus. Well, that, that's exactly right. And, you know, um, within each of us, there's, there's an ego and there's a spirit and the spirit saying we're, we're alike. We have things in common. We share similar concerns and it has an innate longing to be unified. And then there's the ego in each of us that says, no, you're a little smarter than that person. You're better. Drive a, drive a nicer car, have, uh, have more girlfriends or, or boyfriends, whatever the case may be. And it tries to separate and differentiate yes. and control. And understanding that context and, yes. and utilizing it to, to the benefit of consensus uh, will create a leader and, and can create a leader in each of us. Fantastic. We'll be back with more of this incredible conversation after these messages. Stay with us. Electricity is different from any other product we use. We can't store it. We must use it wisely, but can't do without it completely. And there's no substitute for this special form of energy that brings us light, comfort, and progress. That's why California needs new standards that can keep utilities strong, guard against another power crisis, and protect consumers from the kind of shortages that often affect other commodities. Because electricity is different. Getting kids to care about economics is easier than you think. You just need to find a connection. Like how the Port of Long Beach supports one in eight jobs in our city alone and how the port's commitment to going green is creating even more new jobs. So the Port of Long Beach? Cool. My no texting in class policy? Not so cool. The Port of Long Beach. Investing in jobs. Investing in you. The facts are in. California State University Long Beach is among the nation's finest universities. For the fourth consecutive year, the campus ranked in the top five public comprehensive universities in the Western United States. In 2007, Cal State Long Beach was named the third best value among all American public colleges and universities. Through superior teaching, research, and community service, Cal State Long Beach is changing lives for a changing world. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> Dude, <you're killing> <laughs> Laugh all you want and bring your home to life with Charter Telephone. Get unlimited long distance and the features you want. Call 1-877-SAVE-196 today. Continuing our conversation with Chris St. Hilaire, persuasion expert, president, CEO of Jury Impact, and recently author of uh, 27 Powers of Persuasion. We don't have time for all 27, but let's look at a couple. First, focus on a goal. Sure. And, and you know, what I've tried to provide in the book is both a, a context for understanding why it's important, but also some practical examples and, and, and tactics for you, people to use uh, to become a leader, even when there's no official leader within a group, or even if there is no interest in, in becoming the leader of the group, helping that group form consensus and get everyone marching in the same direction. And you mentioned in the book, don't announce the goal, but let the goal emerge from the group, and then they have buy-in and they're more likely to uh, be helpful. Well, everyone's gonna think that the best ideas in the room came from them, and that's yes. natural. We, we want to contribute, we wanna uh, sure. be right. And so, to the extent when you're part of a group and you're trying to create consensus, um, you should ask right up front, 
What is the goal? What are we trying to accomplish? Don't announce it, but ask the group what the, and let the, let the goal it. emerge from the group. You're exactly right. And then right. they all have buy-in. And, and, and then what you've done is mutualized the goal. And so yeah. um, allowing that to happen and allowing that process to take place gets people halfway to persuasion before they've even realized that persuasion is, has begun. Wow. There's an old saying, uh, apropos of having a goal, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But, so it is important to have a goal, and here's a way to get it from the group. Get right. others involved. Well, you just mentioned that. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, really, this book is a language, so it's meant to be read from power one to power 27 the first time, but you'll find yourself going from power 25 to 14 to 17 back to three because it really does flow nicely together, um, and, and, and that's because I, I, we've we've uh, incorporated that Buddhist philosophy of flow. And so once you've learned that language of flow, you can utilize these powers and, and be successful. Use numbers to make points. You know, uh, and I, I use this statistic in speeches quite a bit, 88% of people in America will believe any made-up statistic. <laughs> and, and, and as you just realized, I, I, I made that statistic up, but I, I you know, for sounds those... Sounds credible. It sounds credible, and you don't want to over-statistic people because then you can lose them, but finding one, two, three numbers and using them in an argument um, it makes your argument seem more quantitative, more provable, more statistically valid, and it gives it more credibility in the end. You saw that, actually, in um, a lot of commercials where 9 out of 10 dentists will, will support one particular type of toothpaste or, um, you know, 4 out of 5 moms prefer Jif. You see these numbers used in commercials because they work. There's a famous little book called How to Lie with Statistics. I'm sure you're not advocating lying with statistics. Well, no, and, and, but, you know, the truth is an interesting word. If everyone agreed on the truth, you wouldn't have lawsuits. If everyone agreed on the truth, you wouldn't have competing political parties and you wouldn't have different products on the shelves. The fact is what's best, what is the truth, is in the eye of the beholder. And so your ability to capture that language and tell the story in a way that's most persuasive with your version of the truth being ethical and all of those things is is incumbent upon you the late senator patrick moynihan had a famous quote which i love and you can use it in arguments he said you're entitled to your opinion but not to your facts i can yes and you can argue opinions and when i run focus groups one of the first things i say is there's no such thing as a wrong opinion we put uh on voter issues of which i'm doing a lot this year in california you can um you can we put democrats republicans and independents around the table and so we're going to have an interesting debate and it's much more fun for me when people are arguing as long as they're arguing their version of the truth uh, honorably and ethically and responsibly, then, then those differences of opinion are a good thing. Fourth, learn to use silence. And as you know from television, um, five seconds of silence can seem like deadly. An eternity. <laughs> However, um, you'll also know that, that reporters use silence to their advantage every day. And so when you're done asking, um, answering a reporter's questions, many times they'll sit there and silently nod because they realize that the best answers usually come at the end of an answer. And so giving that um, conversation, giving that listener an opportunity to tell you what they really think um, generates two things usually. One, uh, they'll get to the reality 
much more easily and they'll tell you what they really think because the first time they're telling you what they think you want to hear and at the end when you're nodding they uh, they summarize things more appropriately more clearly more articulately and the best sound bites come at the end of a sentence and finally and very importantly own the language we learn in law school that if you can frame the question your way you've won eighty percent of the battle so there's a struggle to frame the issue in a way that you want, but that's just a special case of owning the language. Speak to that. You know, it, in, in politics, um, I use the example that 75% uh, of Americans oppose welfare, uh, and you have roughly 77% of Americans who support a social safety net. <laughs> you tell me the difference. <laughs> the difference is that the, the language that you use. And so your ability to use language that resonates with people, that, that fits your goal, and that helps you capture the debate, allows um, you to claim victory. And so in the end, it's always a battle of words and language because they evoke images and create... Um, they create thematics, which people are going to support or oppose based on your ability to own that language. We learned as kids, sticks and stones can break, but names can never hurt me. But that is not true. Words are powerful. Names can be killers. Names, um, names are everything. If you look at the school choice debate, um, you'll see that, that the average American calls it vouchers. And so it doesn't pass because Americans support vouchers and uh, oppose vouchers, I should say, and support school choice. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the chapters in the book is, is choice, fairness, and accountability, the three most popular words in the English language. And so the, I can say in any debate, I want to uh, ensure fairness and preserve choices and hold everyone accountable. I can insert any issue Amen I want. to that. We got to take a break. We'll be right back with more of this great discussion. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. Italy is a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! 
Alright, you little trout sniffer. Been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, dog. I'm totally naked right now. Our guest is persuasion expert Chris St. Hilaire, who's had extensive experience running political campaigns, running ballot initiatives. Uh, this show is going to air in November after the election is over, but the voters are not happy campers this time around in either party. No. Well, in, and, you know, I would argue rightfully so. You have... Um, Let me just say for the record, and I've said this before, the state legislature is dysfunctional. We're taping the show the 100th day without a budget. It was finally signed today, 100 days after the constitutional mandate to present a balanced budget on July 1. Well, for, for people who've taken a poll or sat through a focus group, one of the first questions you ask in a, in a, in a political research model is right track, wrong track. How's it going in California? And I've done about a thousand interviews this year with, with high propensity um, voters of, of both parties and as well as declined to state voters. And in about 982, uh, well specifically 982 times I've heard wrong track. Yeah. You can't get that kind of consensus on what time it is. And so people are frustrated. So where do they take out this frustration? Where does it go? Who's, who's the beneficiary of this frustration? Well, the party that's not empowered generally. Um, on initiatives, it's um, if the, the initiatives which want to spend more by and large are not doing well. And people are, are frustrated from both parties. The, the difference, however, is the solutions that they advocate are different. And so in the end, this is going to come down to a turnout election. So we have uh, a Democratic-controlled legislature. You'd think they would be turned out, but that's not going to happen. And uh, I view Jerry Brown as the likely next governor of the state. He's a Democrat, has close union affiliations, yet many think he is the one best able to fix the problem. And Meg Whitman does not seem to be able to get the traction despite her $100 million. Well, yeah, and I, I've, got, I've got your bias. Let me give you mine. The, um, the, in the end, I think uh, it's, gonna, it's a toss-up. And so, you know, I've seen voter data come out of the field as early as uh, last night, as late as last night. And it's, uh, it's, it's within that margin of error. This time, however, I think Republicans are, um, are more motivated, and that's going to play a role. Okay, this show is being taped before the election. I'll bet you a cup of coffee Jerry Brown's the next governor. Um, you're on. Okay. Uh, some of the propositions that you're working with, what's the sense... Uh, uh, majority vote for passage of the budget, for example. The, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I've never seen so many Californians split on so many issues. And so that cup of coffee bet we've got is really a coin flip right now, as, as are many of the initiatives. Even marijuana is, is running pretty close right now. I've been an uh, advocate of the need for dis redistricting reform that finally happened a couple of years ago, and there's a ballot measure that would repeal it before it ever hits the ground. The, the parties are, are afraid of fair districts. Well, we worked on that campaign two years ago, and it was the first um, initiative to pass in 40 years. Um, on redistricting, and the legislators promptly decided that they didn't want the, the voters or a commission making that decision, and so they're seeking to repeal Those it. Those voters might get out of control. The people might actually have some power instead of drawing those 
obscene lines assuring the re-election of almost every congressional seat and state senator and state assembly seat, we should have fair boundaries where if there's a modest swing, the seat's not safe. The parties are, are you know, they're locked in really at this point. And so you have super safe Democratic districts, super safe Republican districts, and a guaranteed Democratic majority. And we have gridlock because we have the most conservative Republicans winning the Republican primaries, the most liberal Democrats winning the Democratic primaries for the most part. And the, the legislature is bifurcated, but the state is basically moderate. Well, and the, the legislature doesn't reflect the state, the, the people. Well, and let me talk uh, about one of the chapters in my book as it relates to politics. And, you know, this is about fairness. And in the end, those districts simply aren't fair. Amen to that. Let's again uh, reference uh, Chris's new book, uh, The uh, 27 Powers of Persuasion. We only could talk about five of them. There are only 10 commandments, but you have 27 powers of persuasion. Uh, well, hopefully they fit within the context of the Ten Commandments. Amen to that. We'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. A fascinating subject, persuasion, and uh, many of you may not know this, but I grew up in an advertising family, and uh, it's, it's a fascinating subject to me, and, and Chris is a real expert uh, in persuasion in the legal arena, in the political arena, and in corporate. We didn't have a chance really to talk about, but you apply these principles to corporations as well. I think they, they fit the 27 powers that I chose because uh, they relate to just about every aspect of persuasion. Yeah. Well, I hope you'll come back and visit us again because this is a fascinating topic. 
you've, you've shown that persuasion is everywhere. And I hope as you uh, turn off the end of the show, you'll think about how you can more effectively persuade your spouse, your kids, your neighbors of whatever you want to persuade them. Thank you for joining us so much. And please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, The Press-Telegram, and Long Beach Magazine. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.